Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Have you ever been described as enterprising? What does this mean exactly? Is it a compliment or an insult? Well, I'm going to use it in a complimentary capacity today as I introduce my two extremely enterprising guests, Lynn Cadenhead and Natalie Allison. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Hello, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a rare, it's a rarity. Two Lynns with an E. So um, straight on to the Lynn with an E, my first guest is Professor Lynn with an E, Cadenhead, who takes enterprise to a whole new level as the visiting professor in governance and enterprise at Edinburgh Napier University and as chair of Women's Enterprise Scotland. She walks the talk and has spent over 20 years investing in a wide portfolio of technology companies. Lynn describes herself as a serial entrepreneur and has served on over 30 boards, created her own games company, founded a women-focused business angel investment syndicate, been the CEO of an alcohol-free drinks company, and was the first chair of a world-leading upper limb prosthetics company, which sold for a massive £27.5 million. It's all very impressive, but in her spare time if she has any. She's a member of the T20, the think tank body aligned to the G20 group of governments and central banks. Phew, welcome, Lynn. That is probably the longest and hardest biog I've ever had to read out, but uh, pretty impressive stuff. So what's been your most enterprising career moment? Oh, goodness me. Well, Actually, when you mentioned that there, Lynn, about introducing me in terms of uh, governance and enterprise and Women's Enterprise Scotland, it was only then that I actually realised that I had enterprise in both my titles. There There you go. There we go. Yeah. What has been my most enterprising moment? Um, It has to be the first time that I decided to start my own company. I mean, that was Big, big jump, really scary, uh, absolute roller coaster of a journey, um, exciting and terrifying in equal measures. And I loved absolutely every single <laughs> You love the thrill. You love the thrill. So that leads me on really neatly to introducing Natalie Allison, who's not long ago set up her own business. She is a brilliant comedy producer, performer, and host. I know Natalie best from the Funny Women Awards when she reached the final of the Stage Award in 2018. She is a versatile and extremely enterprising performer and producer, and she turns her hand to a wide variety of work from hosting corporate events to playing principal and supporting comedy roles in theatres across the UK. She is currently a Stage 1 Bursary Award recipient after establishing her own production company that we just mentioned, NTA. Natalie works with a diverse range of talent. She helps companies and acts to develop their ideas and upscale their fringe success to wider touring collaborations and transfers with commercial potential. All very enterprising. And I'm assuming, Natalie, we're referring to the world famous Edinburgh Fringe when we talk about upscaling and touring. Absolutely. That's where my entrepreneurial or 
enterprising girls <laughs> are put to the test every year. I think this is a test just coming up with a definition. I'm going to put you out your misery. Um, so one of the, what, what do we mean when we describe somebody as enterprising? Um, I said in my introduction that I often feel that people are kind of, oh, you know, you're very enterprising in a slightly derogatory term. You know, it's, it's always a little bit tricky. But the dictionary definition of enterprising is mainly associated with business. And it means being ready to undertake important or difficult projects, taking on untried or challenging schemes. I think that fits the bill for all three of us, doesn't it? Certainly does with funny women. (laughs) Um, And, you know, even I always love that word enterprise. Like for me, it's like Starship Enterprise, exploration, discovery. Do you both relate to that? Lynn, what's your views on this? I think it can be a little bit complicated because when people said said to me initially enterprise, um, when, when they talk about enterprise, I think of enterprise software and big companies oh, or yes. far higher organisations or Star Trek. So I think it can mean quite a lot of different things to, to different people. I suppose my definition of enterprise or being enterprising is about being creative, is about being resourceful. And it's probably about alchemy. It's about taking something that is pretty basic and using your skills and intuition to absolutely transform it into something else. That's enterprising to me. I love the fact that you use the word creative in there because I think all business is creative. And certainly if you want to explore and go forth, and particularly if we're all fellow Trekkies, <laughs> we, we, that creative element, that whole you know, moving perceptions is so important. Natalie, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I um, I often think of en- enterprise, the car company as well, but then there's also, you know, there's criminal enterprise, <laughs> which I've got a conspiracy that the person that told you that women aren't funny, they probably started a, a vicious rumour that funny women yeah. was front, you know, right. it was enterprise and that's, that's how it operated. They, they did me a favour, Natalie, maybe. Yeah, the scandal sells. <laughs> Um, my goodness, women are funny. Can't yeah. be an, well, it would be a business, we'll call it an enterprise. I, I saw that business is an enterprising entity. So it almost mm. feels like you've got to be making other people a whole lot of money before they'll validate you as an entity. It's really true. Lynn, do we still need to encourage women to be enterprising? We do. But what is more important is to encourage women to understand that they're actually already enterprising in every single thing that they do in their career. You know, whether they whether they have a job, uh, whether they're looking after children, whether they're looking after parents. When a woman sits down and thinks of everything that she already does, she can realise that she's already enterprising. And it's just uh, moving, you know, shifting what she does in one part of her life into a business. All the skills that she have, every single woman that I speak to is enterprising, but she just needs that little bit of encouragement sometimes to actually realise how she can translate it into other areas. So is there some kind of conspiracy afoot that the word is often used in a slightly 
you know, derogatory way. I mean, the number of times people have said to me in a really strange voice, you know, oh, that's very enterprising. You know, it was a poor, pregnant pause before they say the word. What do you reckon, Natalie? I think that there are certain structures that exist which seek to serve a particular skill or service or industry. And often enterprise is the sort of cement between all of those decisions or the skills that are applied in which we can provide a platform to launch whatever that idea is or whatever that production is. And so for me, enterprise is the lifeblood of the creative industry. And to give it a derogatory meaning would be to underserve it because it is what we do as makers and the world benefits from it. Well, Lynn, you've uh, appropriated the term in two of your titles, as you've uh, just said. So tell us a little bit about uh, the whole ethos behind Women in Enterprise Scotland. So Women's Enterprise Scotland was set up to create a better environment for women-led businesses to start up and grow. And what we're really all about is helping people to understand that, you know, yes, there are some particular issues that, you know, it's difficult for anyone to start up a business. You know, let's, you know, let's be honest about that. You know, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it and they're not doing it. But women face additional challenges. And what Women's Enterprise Scotland is all about is helping all sorts of people, you know, policymakers, government, women entrepreneurs themselves, to actually understand, well, yes, there are some additional challenges that you'll face when you become enterprising and start up your own business. And here are some ways that you can get you can get over them. And that is things like um, understanding that, you know, it's really good to have mentors, better networks, understanding about the importance of, you know, money to, to help start up and grow your business. And, and and connecting people. I know that money is something that a lot of us find tricky to deal with. It's, it is down to the fact that we don't think we necessarily have the skills to deal with it when we do. As you say, managing a household, bringing up kids, you know, we're dealing with money all the time. The other thing, Lynn, you and I share is our uh, sitting on the all-party parliamentary group for women and enterprise. <laughs> that word, it keeps coming up, doesn't it? And uh, so, Natalie, you've you started up a new company in 2019. I think you're very enterprising in the nicest usage of the word. And because you are more than just, I know you're a brilliant performer, but you also produce and you tour manage and you just turn your hands to all sorts of things. You, you do exactly what Lynn said, you know, you're using all your skills to um, run, you know, run a business. It's funny because I think that it's a way of life. It's it's an instinct to make things happen that comes from way before I was born, you know, through my family and my ancestors sold olive oil in markets and that comes right through um, where I grew up selling in shops, playing at shops, handing out loyalty cards, <laughs> Oh, well, I'd, I'd take a loyalty card over a like any day. <laughs> I miss loyalty cards. <laughs> I, I remember being involved with a very early loyalty card scheme as well called Countdown. I don't know if anybody remembers it out there, but yeah, I, I, I know. I know exactly what you mean, Natalie. The ability to create and facilitate great relationships that can help 
embrace positive change and engage a team of people creatively to bring a real sense of community and joy, that for me started fairly young. Um, and I managed to engage our entire school in the first musical that I had produced in 20 years. <laughs> and I did that with a bucket. Oh. <laughs> Just like we do in the comedy clubs. I was going to say, to collect the money, the bucket, yeah? To collect the money, no budget. Didn't have a clue how much things cost. I no. just thought whatever goes in this bucket is going to help us put on a great show. And so the music department would do the music, home economics could make the costumes. And well, science, they understood the properties of electromagnetic radiation. So naturally, they would <laughs> brush the wigs. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wigs wigs have cropped up before in Scottish guests. So I don't know what it is about wigs in Scotland. Obviously there's a connection. Do you wear do you wear a lot of wigs in Scotland? <laughs> a lot of lawyers? <laughs> Another way just to keep warm, to be honest. That <laughs> extra layer of hair. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So enterprise clearly plays a really big part in the world of the arts. Uh, we've all had to be pretty enterprising over the last difficult year. Would you agree, Natalie? Absolutely. There's an amazing report that came out called the Big Freelancer Report. And something fascinating that they have stated in that is that the job of a modern arts organisation is no longer making art. It is fundraising. Yeah, and I would agree with that, actually. That's exactly what I spend a lot of my time doing. And so, unfortunately, it's about moving forward in the next decade to reprioritising the development of, of talent and making art accessible um, and affordable to participate in and create. Um, and I think that COVID has set us back. And I hope that there are some serious lessons that have been learned if we want to salvage our art mm. scene. And I do think... Going back to what Lynn said earlier about women and transferable skills, I think we are really good at communicating, so we talk to each other. Would you agree, Lynn? Absolutely, Lynn. It's um, the mentoring and the support that you can get from your peers that, that gets you through these difficult times. And it's also quite surprising that sometimes the, the support that you get comes from different directions that you maybe wouldn't have thought of. Um, everyone has to feel able to call on their friends and their network for support in times of need. And that is never a sign of, you know, something being wrong with you or something being wrong with your business or, or failure. That's actually courage. If you're, you know, courageous and brave enough to stand up and say to people, look, I'm needing a wee bit help here. Can you help me? That is really courageous and brave. And I absolutely encourage everyone to do that and to talk across industries and sectors as well, because it's really interesting, Lynn, you know, you've talked about fundraising. I've talked about fundraising. Natalie's talked about <laughs> fundraising. Yeah. You know, money, you know, money's the lifeblood of, you know, any business, any enterprise, any organization. And if you don't have money, it's really difficult to be able to keep going, especially when times are tough. So, you know, perhaps it'd be really interesting for us all to be getting together and thinking about how we can 
transfer skills that we have, you know, in one area, you know, boring old business into, you know, really exciting creative industry. Mm. Both sides could learn so much from that. Well, that's always my dream, you know, to where business meets entertainment. Uh, that that's that's the dream job, and I I kind of I do that, you know. I think we all. I know Natalie works a lot in the corporate sector as well, and for 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 the starving artist, getting the the, the you know the 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 great corporate job is something that you get paid well, and then you go off and you pursue your art you know that's you know like our great masters used to do that they do portraits of people and then go off and paint what they really want to paint so that's enterprising as well isn't it Natalie take advantage of the the open bar at some of those corporate gigs as well (laughs) (laughs) but yes it's interesting because I think from a very early part in our career comedians and artists they have to remain very enterprising from day one in order to sustain their practice and also to be able to be seen and I think valuing that craft and that work and what the time that we can put into that work is often extremely undervalued as well it really only becomes relevant until it's commercial um, which is a huge mistake because art is for everyone and creativity should be for everyone. And so building relationships with collaborators you work well with, being able to articulate your needs, whether that is through a producer or someone in an enterprising organisation that can extend that support, um, they can help you work really hard to value your very own enterprise, which is your act. And and you've got to think of yourself like that, haven't you? You've got to, you know, you are the product and your that's word, what we all do. Your words, your brain, your ideas, your stage presence will fill, whether it be basements at the Edinburgh Festival, which is great fun, right up into the biggest stages and opera houses. It's really about valuing the role of the artist in society mm. and that if everybody could just lend the skills that they have and the time to supporting artists, I think the world would be a very different place. This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. I just want to turn this into a conversation about investment, though, because we, we all have to invest our own time in our own products, dreams, act, whatever it happens to be. But do, Lynn, do women actually invest in other women? I'm I'm curious about this because I I don't I'm going to be controversial and say I don't think they necessarily do. There seems to be a sort of cartel of women that help other women. Uh, but when I said somebody fairly recently who runs a similar thing to what you've been involved with a, a sort of um, how would you call it a, a um, an investment group, I was told that because my company is a not for profit that they wouldn't be interested in in that it seems to be like a, you know surely there's a there's different levels of investment there's investment in art as natalie says and there is obviously financial investments but just what's your your views on that so 
It depends on how people define investment. And I think a lot of people get quite confused about the word investment. So if I'm talking about investment, I'm talking about an equity investment in a company, which means I'll give you £20,000 and in return, you'll give me 20% of the shares in the company. So, so I've got, um, I've got a, a bit of ownership in the company. More importantly, I'm really involved in the company and really want to be able to help it. Now, that kind of equity investment is really only suitable for companies that are going to grow in scale on a global basis. That's re- really what you're looking for. But you can support other organisations and other initiatives in different ways, but that's not equity investment. You might be investing, you know, your time to be able to help them by, you know, supporting and mentoring. And, you know, there are people uh, who want to do philanthropic investment as well, you know, which is, I think this is a fabulous idea. I really want to support you. I'm looking at one of them at the moment just because I love the person. I love the idea. It's not going to make a financial return for me, but I'll have that really great feel-good factor in, in helping someone else get her dreams off the ground. I think that's probably music to both mine and Natalie's ears <laughs> because we, 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 we need philanthropy in our world. And, you know, I wish more people would take on board the the value you get out of investing in something creative. Would you agree, Natalie? Absolutely. Lynn, I've just popped you an email, all the details, the path <laughs> there. Um, okay, thanks. thanks for having me on. <laughs> Well, I think we're all, again, I do think we're all in the same place because I know that it's circular and we we all help each other. In fairness, I think that what would really serve the sector moving forward is the sharing of those skill sets and those business models as they grow and develop because it will help and empower artists, smaller charities, smaller companies and acts to grow and scale their own business and see in which ways they can do that, whether it be online collaborations, whether it be on the live circuit. There seems to be so much of that information is held by the few. And unless that information is passed down to act when we meet them in their early stages, they're going to be constantly relying on what's behind the closed doors and being selected in this myth that someone else is going to suddenly pluck your show from obscurity and launch it, you know, into something that would then be a viable career. And I I think that that's wrong. I think that we need to be sharing these business models and these contacts with our collaborators to help pull up everybody's business. I think it it works both ways. And I I think, Lynn, there's also a need for a bit of showbiz in the world of of business and, and equity and finance because otherwise it'd be pretty dull wouldn't it definitely and I often say to myself when I'm going on to do a presentation or uh, something I, I do internally say to myself it's showtime <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you need I think you've been doing too many of our workshops Lynn <laughs> I couldn't leave this conversation without talking about the title of the podcast, which is how to have fun at work. I know you both are fun. I've worked with both of you and I know you have fun at work, but have you got a a top tip or a a story to share with us about how you have fun at work? I'll come to you first, Lynn. I have fun at work, Lynn, because 
I choose every single day to work with people that I like and I trust. And for me, that's the bottom line. Um, you can have all these fancy things about, you know, beanbags and trips and bonding <laughs> and all, all that nonsense. But if you don't like, you know, who you work with and, and trust them, it's going to be difficult. And also, I'm hugely conscious of the reason why I became an entrepreneur. And I'll be very honest with you. I'm an entrepreneur because I'm lazy. I get bored easily and I don't like people telling me what to do. So I like to be in charge of my own destiny and I surround myself with people that pretty much feel the same way. How can you call yourself lazy with a <laughs> with, with the biography that you've got? I I that fascinates me. Let 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 me put that in context then, Lynn. You know, I am lazy. Many entrepreneurs are inherently lazy because they're looking for faster ways to do things, ah. easier ways to do things, better ways to do things. They're trying to, you know, cut corners and get something done quicker. Doesn't necessarily mean that I don't work hard, but I have this kind of ethos of laziness behind me. Brilliant. And who wants to lie on a beanbag with someone you don't like, you know, or next to somebody you don't like? <laughs> Natalie, how do you have fun at work? I think the reverse is true this year. Having work is fun. And my advice to artists and collaborators and, and comedians out there would be to treat yourself like an enterprise, your very own special, valuable enterprise. Take time to value your craft and put plenty of time aside for self-care and just being able to give yourself the development space required so that you can articulate those big dreams, visions and goals to people that can help you scale and develop your business or your enterprise. Because if we're not valuing ourselves as makers, then who is? Brilliantly put, Natalie, as ever. Couldn't have written the script better myself, but then I'm going to hire you to write the script because that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so Great, I'm free. All the you're time. free. You're free. Um, tell us where we can find you, Lynn. So Lynn at Women's Enterprise Scotland. My email address is Lynn L Y N N with an E <laughs> at wescotland.co.uk. And are you on Twitter or any other social platforms? No. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Natalie, where can we find you? On Twitter <laughs> at Nat Allison underscore. That's one of those awkward, I wish I'd found something simpler type <laughs> Twitter handles, isn't it? It's terrible. Yeah, I've changed it about five times. I have to run consistency. <laughs> Um, you've both been amazing. Thank you so much for being on How to Have Fun at Work. I think it has been fun and I'm delighted that I was able to introduce you to each other and hopefully we'll all be enterprising together in the near future. Bye. 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 You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.